Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Doesn't Screen Must Be Free. My name is Andrew McGuire, and with me today is no one. I am all by my lonesome. So I am doing an episode of Mr. Podcast, Are You Free? And I am looking at Season 1, Episode 4 of Are You Being Served? Which is called Camping In. Now, what's interesting about this episode is if you listen to us on a regular basis and you listen to our Superstore Sunday episode, uh, that episode was about the employees staying in the store overnight. And that's actually what this episode is about as well. Uh, so we didn't like time that out or plan that out. It just worked out that way, which is really interesting. Um, and just real quick, if you're wondering why I'm by myself, my wife isn't feeling well, which is, you know, she's resting, which is good. So she can feel better and be happy because it's sad when she doesn't feel well. All right. So. We open up the episode with uh, <coughs> Mr. Granger doing a very typical Mr. Granger thing, which is he's telling a customer that it doesn't matter that the sleeves are long on the jacket because the sleeves will ride up, ride up with wear. Uh, it's kind of a running gag they have throughout the episodes. Um, I'm noticing with uh, Are You Being Served, the characters kind of have these recurring jokes um, like that, uh, like last episode, I think I talked about Mr. P uh, Captain Peacock says like so a lot when he uh, is describing how something works. He says you do something like so and then so. And Mr. Granger's is always telling customers that the sleaze will ride up with wear. Um, and they're all convincing this guy to buy these gloves because they're nice and warm um, and they all kind of have a little anecdote about the gloves and how they wore them. Uh, Mr. Lucas says he wore them on his feet. Uh, not sure how that works because obviously gloves are not uh, socks and they're not interchangeable. Uh, Mr. Humphrey says yes, that is very true even though you've only been with us two months. So we're on episode four uh, the the first episode, Mr. Lucas has been with them for about a month, and now it's been four episodes, and he's been with them about two months. So it seems like they are going in real time, which is interesting. I think sitcoms don't necessarily always go with a week time uh, for each episode. So it, it's kind of nice to know they're kind of going in that real time. Um the other thing that's interesting about this episode, if we're going to compare it to Superstore, because these two episodes are themed so close um, this week, is that the overnight part of Superstore was like 80% of the sh episode, maybe more. Um, this one, it's more like the last five minutes or so. It, it's, it's a much, much smaller part of the episode. Uh, there's a gentleman in women's wear. Uh, they point out, you know, he's, he's kind of been lurking around. Uh, Mrs. Slocum and Miss Brahms are not 
overly comfortable with him there. Um, but they kind of say, hey, you know, can we help you out? And he's looking, you know, he's a little embarrassed because he's looking for a bra for his fiance. And they ask, you know, if he, he knows what size she is. And he says, well, I, I kind of stole one of her bras. So he gives her one of the bras. Uh, Mrs. Slocum makes a note to say that she's quote unquote very healthy because it's a it's a very large bra. Uh, meanwhile, across the way, Mr. Lucas is kind of hovering around the stairs. Uh, Captain Peacock calls him out and says, "You know that's not where you're supposed to be. Uh, Mr. Lucas is supposed to be in menswear and by the counter." And at the end of the counter, so that Mr. Granger and Mr. Humphreys get the first crack at customers. Now, again, this is a seniority thing we, we talked about in a previous episode, where Mr. Granger gets the first customer, uh, Mr. Uh, Humphreys gets the second customer, and then if there's a third customer, Mr. Lucas gets that customer. So Mr. Lucas really only gets a customer if there's three customers at once, um, which is really rough because he really relies on commissions. They, they all do, the salespeople rely on commissions to make their money. Um, Captain Peacock, you know, kind of sympathizes with him and says, okay, we'll, we'll make sure the next one goes to you. Um, Mr. Granger agrees. Mr. Humphreys agrees. Uh, next gentleman comes through and he's wearing a kilt. And the whole joke is that because he's wearing a kilt, it's very awkward because he needs, Mr. Lucas needs to measure his inner leg, um, which in theory would be using the tape measure on his actual leg going up his kilt. Uh, obviously, the, the joke resolves itself with him being like, what are you doing? We just, you know, the Scottish just measure from the outside. So he measures his inner leg from the outside with the kilt. And they go from there. Um, meanwhile a customer in the ladies section walks out of the fitting room just in her bra and panties and Mrs. Slocum like almost has a heart attack like covers her with a hat so that she can you know be decent and kind of shuffles her back in which is kind of mirroring what happened in an episode before where Mr. Lucas had a customer walk out of the fitting room in the men's section. This is kind of a role reversal of what happened there. Um, but the customer doesn't immediately go back in. She's complaining because she wants a lower cut bra. And <clears throat> she says they're not being any kind of helpful and Captain Peacock comes over and asks if he can help while just basically staring at her cleavage. Um, We've time and time again mentioned that Captain Peacock is just a straight-up pervert, um, and he's you know just basically staring at us. Um, that's when they find out that there's a transportation strike. Uh, it's in the newspapers. All the now I had said in a previous episode I thought it was because the elevator um, workers had also gone on strike. Now, that might be something that happens in the later episode, but it's not this episode, which I thought it was with the transportation strike and all. Um, the reason they stay at the store 
during the transportation strike is because they all live too far away and rely on public transport to actually get to work. Um, none of them live close enough to walk and they all take public transportation because they don't have cars. Um, my wife made a point to ask that I point out that <coughs> Mrs. Slocum has green hair in this episode. So she has green hair. Um, they're going to have a meeting at 5.30. So again, when the store is like closed and they should be going home, there's a meeting about the transportation strike. And that's when you find out that they're going to be staying at the store because everyone relies on public transportation to get home. Um, I don't... He says each, like every department, they're going to just stay on the floor they're on. So just people across the entire store. I mean... I have to assume some of them have cars, uh, but not the characters we follow. Um, they're all going to be sleeping on the sales floor. Uh, Captain Peacock says, you know, there should be some sort of separation of the sexes. So Miss Brahms and Mrs. Locum should be sleeping separately from the men. Um, and then they have a very, very homophobic joke where... Mr. Granger says, and maybe between within the sexes as well, while looking at Mr. Humphreys. Um, because Mr. Humphreys is obviously gay, so that makes Mr. Granger uncomfortable. Um, <clears throat> Mr. Rumble kind of, it doesn't acknowledge that, but he kind of says, you know, well, we got to figure out a way to sleep on the sales floor and and Mrs. Logan says, you know, how are we going to do that? There's really nothing. We're just in menswear. So he calls the camping department and gets tents. Um, so they're going to sleep in tents. Um, they get a specifically large one for Mrs. Slocum because in theory it's going to be for Mrs. Slocum and Miss Brahms. Mrs. Slocum instead decides that she's just going to take the entire big tent to herself. And there's a four small tents and then uh, Captain Peacock doesn't have a tent because he was supposed to be Ms. the tent Miss Brahms is using because she was supposed to be sharing with Mrs. Slocum. Uh, Mr. Rumble was going to have a bed put in his office but it doesn't fit through his door so he ends up having to have a bed on the sales floor uh, and Captain Peacock who is without a tent or bed um, ends up having to share with him. They hand out uh, pajamas from, like, I don't know if they damaged them out or they just use them um, and then put them back. Uh, they all get striped pajamas uh, provided by the store, which is nice, I guess, um, for them to provide them pajamas. Uh, Ms. Slocum calls them very common, doesn't really like them because they're too common. Uh, Miss Brahms basically says she sleeps in the nude um, and Miss Slocum says you should wear them tonight anyway because what happens if there's a fire and you're not wearing anything and Miss Brahms says well I'll be the first one rescued <laughs> which is a, a fair point I suppose um, Mr. Lucas gets a pair of like pajama pants that were on like a like a 
like a mannequin that was male on one side and female on the other. So it's like a long leg on the male side, but it was just like a short short on the female side. So it's like a weird like cut off on one side, but not the other. Um, somehow Mr. Humphreys ends up with a robe and slippers from another department. Um, Captain Peacock says he does not accept he doesn't accept the striped pajamas because his status uh, uh, as floor manager he should have something more fitting to his stature which is a little ridiculous uh, Captain Peacock thinks very highly of himself obviously um, and I, I don't think it's warranted really Um, that's when the fold-out bed comes in. Uh, so it's basically a giant cabinet with a, a mattress that folds down in it. Um, you know, it, it's like one of those old shows you see where a student apartment has those fold-out beds. That, that's kind of what they get. Um, they kind of have a quick, like, campfire, which they're using, like, a f actual stove, like a, like a campfire stove for this little campfire. So they have like a live flame inside the building, which that wouldn't fly nowadays. And they're singing songs around it, um, you know, like you would with a campfire. And we find out Mr. Rumble plays the accordion and sings. So that's that's kind of interesting. You get that little extra detail about him. Um, then they make a whole bunch of references I don't understand about World War II and all the things and, and the ways they were affected. Um, by World War II and how they met like Mrs. Slocum met her husband during the bombings of England and, and Captain Peacock was in the army and fought in the World War II and uh, Mr. Rumble was in the catering um, division so he you know made sure that the armies were fed and uh, Mr. Granger apparently was an entertainer and entertained the troops with um, impressions and he does some very bad impressions um Obviously, Mr. Mr. Humphreys doesn't share any stories about it. Uh, Mr. Lucas kind of seems unimpressed by any of the war stuff at all. And then Miss um, Brahms talks about how her husband, uh, not her, sorry, her father and mother met during the war because she wasn't born yet, um, but they met during the war. Um The last note I have uh, is Mr. Lucas then starts kind of saying goodnight to everybody because they decided it's lights out. Um, and he, as he's saying goodnight to everybody, there's like a light on the top of the fold-out bed that Mr. Rumble and Captain Peacock are sharing. And they can't figure out how to turn it off, but there's a switch on the outside, I guess. Um, and Mr. Lucas goes to turn it off and accidentally closes the bed on them. And that's where the episode ends with him trying to like open it back up because he's basically locked them in the in the bed. Um, not gonna lie, this is gonna be a very quick episode because obviously I'm by myself. Um, but but I'm trying to think. You know, it, it's funny because we we did learn a little more about these characters. Um, you know, specifically what they did during the war and and you know like Mr. Rumble plays accordion and. Um, all these kind of like inner workings and, and that's what these epi types of episodes are good for is finding out that extra information because 
it's less about the work and more about like them themselves. Um, you know, again, I'm going to compare it to Superstore. It's just interesting the dynamic of, and I don't know if it's a product of the time or a product of the country, you know, America versus Britain, that this these two episodes could have such a similar basis and then just be so wildly different. Uh, well, I mean, not wildly different, but like different in their execution where one is like, you know, 90 per, 80 to 90% the overnight part and then the other one was more like, you know, I said five minutes. It, it might be more fair to say like 10, 15 minutes, like maybe 50% of the episode instead. Um where you still had a lot of the store being open leading up to it. Um, Mr. Mash is also in this episode. We don't, we don't see him very often, the uh, the maintenance guy. Uh, he's the one who tells them about the, the, the transportation strike. And it's funny because, you know, uh, Mr. Rumble's assistant comes out and says there's going to be a meeting at 5.30 about the transportation strike and she you know she says everybody is attending it and Mr. Mash says does that include me and she says no and he goes oh I'm not even everybody I'm nobody um, you know it can feel like that sometimes when you're you're in the grind and and you're kind of on the lower totem of, of the totem and but since I said that she isn't there. The assistant isn't there overnight. Um, I mean, she's on the same floor as them, so I don't know why she wouldn't also be there unless she has a car and was able to, or lives close by, close enough by that she was able to walk home. So we might learn to have learned something about her too, just through extrapolation that she either lives close to the store or was able to drive home. Um, and the fact that none of them have cars and or, or you know can walk home, so they all live far away or just far enough away. Like Mr. Humphreys says, you know, makes the joke because you know does that Mr. Rumble ask if any of them live close enough home that they could walk home, and he says, you know, I could probably get there by morning if I started walking now. Um, now I, I'm sure he's exaggerating a little bit, but. You know, if you walk an average of three miles an hour, and he, you know, he's jokingly says, you know, it's five, so it's five o'clock. He says, I'll get there by morning. So let's say, twelve hours. I mean, obviously, I don't think he lives thirty-six miles away, but he probably, you know, he probably lives like ten, fifteen miles away. You know, that that's not uncommon for people to commute that far. Um, Mr. Granger says he hasn't basically says he hasn't had a car since before before World War II. Um, Captain Peacock doesn't. I, I'm not sure he doesn't say he doesn't have a car, but he obviously doesn't because he didn't leave. Uh, that's a little surprising because even the fact that he wouldn't accept the same striped pajamas as everyone else, I can't be, like picture him in public transport. I can't picture him on a bus or a train or a subway or a metro. So I wonder, you know, it's kind of um, to kind of make a wild 
comparison, but I'm wondering if he's like Squidward, where he he thinks he's much better than he is, or or he wants to be much better than he is, um, where he thinks his lifestyle is better than it is. Uh, so you know, I'm wondering if that's what the case is with Captain Peacock, based on that information, where he doesn't have a car, but he won't even accept the pajamas. It's kind of like this dichotomy of you think you're better than everyone, but you're not. And same thing with Mrs. Slocum too. Um, you know, she calls the pajamas Comet. Um, like I think those two are a foil to each other, where they're they're kind of like the male and female versions of each other, because she's equal to Mr. Granger, but I think that she's usually pitted against Captain Peacock instead. Um, so I wonder when if before the show started. The, you know, it, it, taking the timeline of the show, going into world, um, before they they joined the male and the men's and women's departments, she was on her own floor. Um, so I wonder if she was a floor manager there and had Captain Peacock's position, but on that floor, or was she just like, you know, kind of knew always knew her stuff, so she was there. Um, Mr. Granger obviously kind of is in charge of the men's department or at least the most senior person but obviously with that running gag of him saying the, the sleeves will ride up and stuff he doesn't really know his job um, he's just been there so long um, in general this is where I would ask if B has any following thoughts or final thoughts um, but since it's just me all by myself. Anyway, uh, before we can't use that song, um, it's been wonderful talking to you. I hope you enjoyed this solo episode, and we will see you next time. Have a good time.